exactly right. Okay. So how are you doing anyway? I haven't spoken to you for a while. Well, I was speaking to David Cameron the other day, and he was uh, telling me about that. <laughs> really? And what do you think <laughs> of him, Bruce? <laughs> Oh, I'm a big fan. I don't know. Hey, look, uh, I'm 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 more of a fan of of the old Home Secretary Jack Straw. Oh, of course you are. Yes, he named himself <laughs> after. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, he named himself after the Grateful Dead song. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being at the the first time I went to see you actually uh, in London, and the, somebody had taped a, 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 a newspaper report about Jack Straw to the front of a piano. I think, and I remember you looking at it thinking. It's all about, but he was. Yes, he was. Uh, I had probably heard of the British Jack Straw at that time. That was that was ninety three. That was that. Uh, that's right. That, uh, jazz cafe gig, maybe. Oh uh, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, I think the gig start. You might remember it because it started about eleven o'clock. I think that there was a problem with your plane flying over. I was flying back from the uh, the, the National Sports Awards where I played Imagine. Uh, John Lennon's Imagine in oh. honor of Arthur Ashe, and uh, so I was. I came over on some crazy flight. I, I was flown over there on the Concorde, the, the late great Concorde from Rome, mm. and did the gig, and then flew straight back. But it was a little delayed, so right, I got there late and walked in and just started playing away. So I if I was ter- if I was terrible, I had a good excuse. No, I remember it was uh, no sound check or nothing straight off the plane. That was with the band, wasn't it? I remember Molo was there and Jimmy Haslip. Yeah, it was the cut-down band. Just JT, Jimmy, and Molo and I went over to Europe and played around a little bit, and uh, we had a great time doing that. Uh, one of our, we have one of our great old crewmen who lasted with us for about lasted, uh, about two months with us, Lenny Williams, and uh, it was just beautiful. Whenever I would get an upgrade, people would, and now and then I would get recognized in airport gates and... Hmm. The uh, the attendant there would would give me a first class upgrade. So always through the years, it's been my uh, tradi- our tradition that if I got that upgrade, we'd give it to the lowliest crew member. You know, the the yeah. newest guy. You know, so we had this guy Lenny Williams, a classic. He used to be uh, a, a crew guy with our old Bruce Hornsby band in the set late seventies. Uh, oh. Big Len, yeah, was had a long history with us and. He kept badgering me to hire him, so I did, and he lasted with us not that long. But uh, he was there. I would. He was on in on the European tour, so I would give Lenny the first class ticket. And nice. Lenny had a had a beautiful habit of when he fell asleep, he just would just crank out the loudest snores. <laughs> so you imagine these poor bastards in first class who paid all this money, and there's Big Len up there just just roaring away. <laughs> Tell the <laughs> truth, that's why you put him there, really, wasn't it? So you could spook the first class people. <laughs> well, no, you know, it, it was it was. Uh, we weren't sure that that would happen, but we could hear it even back in the. Back in steerage, we could hear him, you know, <laughs> and, and so it was just, we were just, of course, we were pissing ourselves laughing right. uh, with the uh, beautiful schadenfreude moment, uh, <laughs> enjoying the first class uh, passenger's agony at Big yeah. at Lenny's, uh, Lenny's uh, exploits and, I'm, and talents. I'm sure it didn't ruin your day anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So I'm, I'm looking through, well, the, the whole reason we're doing this, Bruce, other than it, it's good to catch up anyway, is that we're doing yeah. a charity thing on the site. Right. And uh, it's for the ALS Association, predominantly, uh, and also uh, multiple sclerosis care here in the UK, and uh, a uh, another charity that looks after people who suffer from mental health problems. Um, 
Oh, nice. So, so we've done something five days ago we started, and I set myself a goal to try and raise $1,000 in three weeks, and we're there already. Oh, so that, that says uh, a lot for the people who contribute. Yeah, we, we've got over $1,000 in the in the coffers already inside five days, so we're happy. But uh, I just figured that people are sick. Up, up to a point, people can listen to me, but after that, I think they probably want to hear from you as well. So... Uh, I invited a bunch of questions from people. Well, we, we've I've, I've found uh, I found several. Uh, I painstakingly went through some archives and found several uh, oh. several pieces for you. And really? so we'll be sending sending them to you. Some band and some solo from uh, oh the last uh, couple of years gigs. Oh, that'll uh, be fantastic. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah, thank you. I think they'll be. They'll be well received. I think they're good performances. Oh, that's tremendous! So Daigle would send them to me, or yes, he will. And you might as well just email him and badger badger him. I won't badger him for them, but yeah, that <laughs> that would be great. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Yeah. So I've been looking through. Um, well, I looked at your website, and and it looks like you're playing with Ornette Coleman in a couple of days' time. Is that right? Yeah, not necessarily with Ornette. Ornette's eighty-four, eighty-five years old now. He may play. Right. But he may not. Uh, I'll be playing with uh, a bunch of great guests, and uh, Flea is on the gig for popular right. music fans who know who he is. For jazz fans, there's Henry Threadgill and James Blood Almer, and actually Patty Smith is on the show too. Oh. So, uh, and uh, maybe a, maybe a special guest or two. Okay. Uh, and so yes, that's in a couple nights. It's a free show in Prospect Park in Brooklyn. So a tribute to Ornette. Have you have you planned anything to sit in with anybody, or is it you solo? Or uh, I'm, you can uh, I'm planning. I'm pl the plan is for me to play a solo song and also play uh, with the band, with Donardo Coleman's band. And uh, I think it's pretty loose, but there's a rehearsal tomorrow, so hopefully I'll find it. Nice. Uh, I'll have a clue uh, after that. Nice. And then you're out on the road until the end of August. I'm out on the road mostly until. Uh, the middle of November. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there are four legs of four four different legs, four different really four different tours, and uh, plus a couple of Skaggs Hornsby gigs, uh, hmm. dotting the landscape. Uh, we start with the Noisemakers, oh, say the twentieth, twenty-first in Atlanta, mm -hmm. and we go for two and a half weeks there till the sixth of of uh, July. This is all out of my head, so it's not exactly right. Then we start, and I start with, uh, Sonny and I start with Pat Matheny about mm. the middle of mid middle of July, and then that goes till say, the end of the first week of August, August 7th. And then, um, then I play, I have a solo, because I have a solo concerts record coming out in uh, end of August, early September on Vanguard Records. It's called, just called, very simply stated, Bruce Hornsby Solo Concerts. And, uh, oh. And that's coming out in, uh, like I said, about the end of, end of August, early September. So I'll be doing several September dates, New York City date, a Chicago date, uh, and several others, Boston date, I believe. And, uh, and th that's in September. And then uh, mid-October, uh, October 9th, I think, to, say, November 9th or so, it will be the... Uh, the Weird Hornsby duo tour, Bobby and Bruce. Oh, fantastic! Well, that's good to know because I'm over in October, in November time, so I should do my best to catch you there. In that case. Oh yeah, it should be great fun. We've done this a few times. We did it earlier in the year. We did it 
oh, January 4th or so in uh, Walnut Creek, California, for my old friend Tony LaRussa. Did a benefit for him. Mm. A couple of years ago, we played two nights at the Fox Theater in Oakland. And uh, so it's just the two of us. Just a, I play a set on piano. He plays a set on acoustic guitar. And then we come together at the end and play a duo set. So, uh, yeah, all over the musical map this year, from Ornette to Ricky and Bobby and Pat. And, yeah, and the Noisemakers with our new... A great two new members, and so yes, it's a it's a full plate. Also on July 18th, people may be interested to know. There's, you know, side there's always new news in our camp, mm. and here's here's some more. I did some music for the new a a, a new Pixar movie, Walt Disney movie. Really? Uh, yeah, I did two songs for a movie that's coming out July 18th. It's uh, the sequel to their animated movie Planes. This is called Planes 2, Planes Fire and Rescue, and I played uh, two cues on the on the on the score. Okay. Uh, so that's coming out, uh, like I say, mid July. Got the Spike Lee film, The Sweet Blood of Jesus, coming out at some point, maybe in the fall. It's got its a premiere at a film festival in New York in about maybe three weeks. He just texted me inviting me to it, but I'll be out on the road, of course, with my guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I finished that score in February, uh, February March, and uh, so yeah, from the two movie th- movie uh, two movies to the solo concerts record to all these tours, uh, just uh, keeps on rolling. So basically, you still haven't learned to sit on your hands and and take a rest, have you? By the sound of it, look look, I turned <laughs> down I turned down lots of things, but. The few things I say yes to end up making this a 28, 29-year full-time gig. I just mm. never end. It just never ends for all this, all those years. And but this, I would say, is probably one of the one of the busiest times ever. Yeah, it sounds it. And um, first up is the Pat Matheny's up first, or the Noisemakers up first? Noisemakers first, then Pat, then Solo, then uh, Bob. You and Pat go way back, don't you? As far as Heart well, Lights, we, maybe. Yeah, that's exactly right. Some people think we go as far back as University of Miami, but he is—he went there before I did. He was gone by the time I got there. He, of course, cut a wide swath, made quite a <laughs> quite a rep, reputation for himself, mm. uh, quite an impact when he was there. But uh, no, he was gone. But we met. Um, we really met in the. We, well, we met once uh, backstage. He, I saw his band in 1977. The early Pat Metheny group just blew us away. Our early band with my brother Bobby and Ann and Molo and Steve Watson. We saw the Pat Metheny group in Richmond. I met him there. Had a lot of mutual friends. We had a little bit of a conversation. But we really met uh, in '89, Paolo Soleri Auditorium, uh, Amphitheater, late great. Uh, sort mm-hmm. of, uh, uh, amphitheater in outside of Santa Fe, and. Uh, I said to him, we're talking away, we're having a great time. I said, you know, I've always heard you playing on my music. And he said, well, I've always heard myself playing on your music right. as well. So that made it easy. We had just made, we had just, we hadn't, well, we hadn't made Night of the Town at that point, but had, actually we just started recording it then. But uh, the next record was Harbor Lights, and uh, he was all over that one mm. as well as the next one, Hot House. So, uh, yeah, we're old friends, but we've never toured together. He was part of the Bruce Hornsby and Friends uh, special concert DVD that yeah. that uh, was taped in '95. 
but uh, it's been a long time since we've actually played. So this should be uh, this should be great fun. It should you'll you'll be hearing uh, Pat will play with Sonny and me, and then Sonny and I will play with them. And it's going to be very interactive. And uh, I remember you know. I remember seeing an interview with Pat I think years ago. Now he was just laughing because he was saying that the, the, the sessions he did with you were amongst the most t- difficult things he'd ever done. <laughs> Right. <laughs> he, he he was laughing as he said it. He just seemed terrified at just thinking back over it. But yeah, it, it's uh, he, he described it as difficult but rewarding. I think he said. Well, right for for several reasons. Yeah. Uh, uh, there were shorter solos than he's used to taking, mm. but also harmonically, there's a part of Harvard Life that's very chromatic and very difficult to play. Uh, chord progressions to play through. Chord progression to play through and. Uh, and yeah, he battled with it. He ended up sounding incredible on that part, on the whole thing, actually, yeah. on everything he did. But that his solo on Harbor Lights has been transcribed by tons of guitar players through the years. And, right. Uh, actually, I think it was. So I think it was the Harbor Lights solo that uh, I think it might be in the same interview. Or uh, Branford Marsalis w- w- was ribbing him and saying that he he was disappointed that you gave him that solo instead of Branford because he was yeah that's right yeah too. Branford got the simple stuff that's just <laughs> the way it worked out. Garcia was bitching at me in '95 <laughs> or in '94 because uh, when he heard the Hot House record, he said, "Well, why didn't you let me play on that Country Doctor thing?" <laughs> <laughs> but but I just heard Pat in my head, and, and yeah. sure sure enough, who could have played better on Country yeah. Doctor or Harbor Lights? That those solos are just glorious. I really consider Pat to be uh, his work on my record to be records to be the, the the greatest work by a guest on any record on on any of the records I've done, and I've had a lot of great guests. That's some statement, yeah. And then so. I'm trying to remember the order. So before them, we've got the noisemakers coming up. Yes, right, right away. The and next we, week. Right, and we have a couple of new faces in the noisemakers. Yes, we do. Gibbon, Gibbon Ross on guitar and uh, fiddle mandolin, and uh, yeah. Have you have you taken questions from the uh, from the audience, from people who have, have people been submitting questions, or are these just your questions? I figure people might have questions about this. People had questions about. Um, the, the, the two new guys, yeah, some of them are my questions. Um, okay, well, go ahead. You have to fire away. Some of the, um, some of the, you've done one concert with them so far, maybe or two. Well, we've uh, done we've done two. One was a private. The first one was okay. a private. We uh, we used this private gig to uh, go out there a couple of days early and rehearse for two long days, and then play the show. Right. And then we played the next week in Tampa this outdoor festival yeah. and uh, yeah so we've, we've done two and so a lot of that the, the one in Tampa it would have been then I guess uh, has made it onto YouTube um, as, as, oh really as, as happens these days yeah people take their phones in and, and yeah people love what they've heard um, oh so, the, so so some of that's up on you Tampa uh, show hey Cy hold the phone a second sure. someone's really trying to call me here just a minute that's okay No, that was Russell Lawrence be calling from Eugene Ward. <laughs> I can call you back, you know. No, no, this is fine. I'll call him back. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so the YouTube, a lot of people, I heard people who went to Tampa, yeah, 
course it was tampered. A lot of people went and a lot of people have seen stuff or the, the, the cameras seem to be focused on you and, and Ross behind you and really positive feedback. Um, uh, you know what? I, 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 think you, I think I'm wrong. It's not, was it St. Petersburg? I say Tampa, but it was probably St. Petersburg we were playing it. I, I know it was Florida, my U.S. joke. Yeah, it, it's Tampa, St. Pete, that area. I think it was St. Petersburg, so it's my my, my uh, yes, bad on that. I okay, know. so right, you're, you're saying that the YouTube videos show me and Ross in back of me, sort of? Pretty much. I mean, you can hear Gib as well in the background, but uh, Ross has sent me some stuff. I, I, I love the chess books and stuff. You, um, you love the what? The chess books are music that, that, that he's already put out, his own band. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, those guys are freaks, man. They're fantastic. It's just it's really great for them to play with us and we'll probably have Matt, his banjo player, sitting in with us sometimes, so it'll be uh, all over the place. He's a, a funny way. guy too. I've I've seen him live. I didn't even know it. Um I spoke to him and he said he was around with uh, Mumford and Sons and I took yeah, he played, yeah, he's played with Mumford and Sons for a good while there. He played at least I don't know, two or three years. I'm not sure exactly how long, but yes, a lot of people have have seen Ross with them, of course, because they play for a lot of people every yeah, night. Well, so. I took Ruby to Mumford and Sons last year, or maybe a year before, and he said he was there, and sure enough, there he is in the pictures I took. But yeah, <laughs> um, there's Ross and uh, Gib Droll. I don't know a lot about Gib Droll, I have to say. Where... Gib Droll is a guy from, who's, who grew up in, mostly in Virginia Beach, and okay. I knew about him in the 80s. He had his own band, and I never heard him, but I, I, he was had a pretty good run regionally here. He's pretty well known, the Gibdroll Band, and, uh, and but I I was, uh, Mark Allen, my manager, made me a, a big uh, big file of about 10 or 11 guitar players who had expressed interest, and they'd sort of reached out, uh, ah, and, and uh, this was the guy who I thought, who moved me the most. He's just a very soulful player with a beautiful sound. Uh, uh, and, and a really versatile musician, a great blues player, but also plays the real pretty melodic music. I don't know if there's is, if, is, was, is there a YouTube video of, of the Valley Road from from the, the Florida gig? I haven't seen that one yet. I don't believe oh, that, so. No. That's really too bad because that's really good, and he's just spectacular on that. So yeah, I, I'm very very happy about it. But yeah, forget what I think. What are the other people asking about? Uh, well, the, the, the People asked, uh, well, I'm interested too, what direction are you looking to take with, with these guys? What are you, I'm guessing you're looking for something new with them. So, well, here's the deal. Here's, here's, it's very, very, uh, it's very easily explained uh, as far as the, the Ross replacing Bobby situation. And Bobby's known about it for a while. Uh, in fact, sure enough, a couple of years ago, but about two or three years ago, I've been moving in this direction for a long time. Sure. I mean, frankly, frankly, since Spirit Trail, right. uh, there was let there's been less jazz music in my music ever since then, right. and and uh, with brief forays, but not many. And uh, then when I started playing with Ricky and you know, all those great players, I just got I just got further into that, which is frankly, I guess some people would say it led me back to in a certain way, in a different way, but still a very real sense to where I started with the original range when we were using all the David Mansfield on man, on mandolin and George on mandolin and uh, accordions and hammer dulcimers and yeah. uh and and Mansfield on fiddle and uh I ju and so I, as I told Bobby for several years and I said you know man I'm just more of a folky in my in my dotage you know I'm more of a folky <laughs> than I 
than I am a, a jazzer. And uh, so after, uh, when Chris Feely played with us at Wolf Trap. Oh, okay. I was yeah. there, yeah. Right, well, so you know, that was a transcendent night. Mm. And it was also fantastic when he played with us the next year in Telluride. And after that gig, the next, the next say, January, I said, hey, Bobby, would you mind taking up the mandolin and adding that to your variety of instruments and so he did he tried to, he, he tried to do that but he kept hurting he kept getting i don't know some sort of tendonitis in his elbow and or in his forearm and maybe elbow i'm not sure maybe wrist right so he was never able i said okay bobby did you bring the mandolin oh no i i can't do I've, I've hurt myself playing and i said oh well that's that's i'm sorry to hear that and mm-hmm. i hope you get better and I hope you can play it sometime. So, sure. look, that never happened, but I kept trying to make that happen, yeah. and it never quite did. And finally, I just felt like I just, look, you know, as a, as a musician who's always moving to new areas and pushing into pushing uh, pushing my envelope or trying to, of course. I, 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 there's certain sounds in my head, and I want to hear them, and I need to hear them. And so... That was really the case in 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 both chairs, uh, the, the guitar chair and the uh, and whatever you'd call by the the the, uh, the reed chair, not Bob, not not as in his last name, as in uh, clarinets and saxes and all that. Yeah. So uh, so it's really it's really a stylistic move, and so I think I think mostly you'll hear much more impact in the uh, the acoustic portion of our show, which has become a very popular part of what we do. Hmm. You know, uh, when when I go to the Belsimer, uh, you know, we just <laughs> we get great response from the people, yeah, and, yeah. and and sure enough, when Chris is playing us, you know, when I, has played with us, when I, when we do that that bit, or when the the Railroad Earth guys play with us, that's a big part of our show now. And yeah. uh, so uh, when I broke out every little kiss on the Belsimer, just out the cuff, because somebody yelled, and I'm sitting there playing the Del- on Belsimer at Wolf Trap last year. Yeah, you know, stuff, you know these little magical moments occur and so uh, that's why i was hoping that that valley road which of course now for the past two or three years is now a dulcimer folk song in six eight time in waltz time uh, i was hoping that that because that was a particularly uh, sort of uh, chilling moment goosebump moment at that uh, florida show and like i say the people who went to florida universally the people i heard back from loved it and particular praise for the new guys and Ross especially. So, um, yeah, yeah, you've uh, you've got some great feedback on the one show so far. How, how do you how do you prepare these guys? You you must have uh, what a hundred hundred and twenty of of your own songs. Do, do oh, they yes. do yeah, they come to you and you you have an idea of a sound that you want for particular songs, or do you just play and see what they come up with? Or I just. Send, I, I sent them 80 to 100 songs. Uh, right. I sent them a song list, and in some cases we sent them, Daigle sent them some files of uh, live performances that it, it, in, in certain uh, certain cases where the, the live performance is, is so evolved from the original record, which mm-hmm. is <laughs> a lot of cases. Uh, but frankly, uh, frankly, a lot of it... you. You could send them. We send them "Bride of the Noisemakers" because that's very up to date. Uh, mm. That's exactly what we sound like. Uh, some things have changed a little bit, but that's oh three years ago now, and and that's so that's a great place to start. So mm. so we they they learned about forty songs <laughs> for the mm. first uh, 
first couple of gigs, and so we've got about 40 songs worked up. I've got some new songs, too, mm. that I'd like to work up, some, some new DiMatteo Hornsby uh, works and, oh, uh, that are qu- quite fun, and uh, they're, they're both dulcimer songs also. So, uh, so yeah, they, it, it's a daunting task, and they both sort of gulped and, <laughs> and breathed <laughs> deep breath and, and, have, and dove in. And uh, so, look, there will be lots of times where it's not totally together. I'm a terrible leader in that way. I hate to rehearse, so <laughs> I, I just always go, oh, yeah, you'll be fine. And, of course, then I look at them, and they're looking at me like, well, I'd like to be fine, but I don't have a clue about what you're doing. <laughs> right. now, actually, Ross said to me, he said that Bruce's main advice was be, don't worry. Uh, and yeah. don't, don't, don't stress well, about that's, it. Well, well, that's absolutely true, because, yeah. uh, fr- frankly, the main four, Sonny, the initials, and me, uh, that we, we, got it to, we, we, we know what to do. You know, the, 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 the basic four piece is going to... Just you know, charge through, mm. and uh, and those guys will be fine. They'll catch up, and if they don't, we'll be okay. Sure. <laughs> so. And what about the noisemakers as a whole? Then, what what's the typical preparation for a noisemakers tour, or is there not? You just show up and 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 sound check oh, yeah. on the well, day. Or? Well, for years, yeah, with with the same band, same unit being together since uh, Sunday came in uh, twelve years ago. I just show up, and we might most mostly we rehearse just to learn new things. Mm. Uh, to new, learn new, or or relearn something old that we decide we want to play again. You know, something like we started playing so out a couple of years ago, which was great fun, or maybe just last year. Uh, right. and things like things like that. Uh, so uh, and every uh, little kiss too. So, I mean, that's well, that yeah. We actually we played that both of the first two gigs we did with this with the new group. Um, uh, but yeah, otherwise, we just played in that wolf trap thing, just Sonny on washboard and me on dulcimer, and everyone just right. sort of wait, waiting, everyone else in the band just waiting for us to finish. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, at that time is when you look through your old records and you, you think, oh, Swing Street, I could try this now, or I don't know, old Playground. Do, do you ever find yourself consciously yeah. going back your, over your old work and to look for new ways of playing old songs? or? Oh sure. Uh you know what's really made me look back uh is Sony came to me. You know, when Sony bought DMG a few years ago, mm-hmm. most of my catalog uh became it, it came together in one place. So Sony has most of it. And uh so they came to me about maybe uh February, March, came to Mark Allen and said uh uh, they have a great series called the Essential series. You know, the Essential Earth, Wind, and Fire, the Essential Cool and the Gang, the Essential Bob Dylan, the Essential Paul Simon, on and on. Right. Well, they want to do the Essential Bruce Hornsby, so they've asked me to put it together. And they, the the resident expert, Hornsby experts at Sony uh, weighed in with their off the offbeat, uh, mm-hmm. sort of left of center requests. And so I spent the last two months after I finished the solo concerts record putting that together uh as you can see it, it never ends here <laughs> yeah, in, right. in between in between the disney and the spike scoring up I, I put together uh what i think will be the essentials package that will come out next year and uh so yeah i went through, back through the old records and and uh, it was just interesting to hear most of it i, I tend to find the first two records unlistenable i know people hear me say that i've said it before and, 
Mm. I go, oh my God, they're the ones I like. <laughs> I, I say, well, well, they're the ones you know because you you lost track of us after that because we weren't having hits, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> you know how that goes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, but I uh, put together a probably an idiosyncratic package, but they're just the ones that that have aged well for me. And do they? Is that another box set or? A, a, a no, no, it's it's a two CD. All those are two CD sets. Okay. And so what about the hits, then, Bruce? At, at a show, I mean, you, you we've spoken before. You you said you feel kind of not obligated to play them, but that, that you should bring no, no, a couple of them out. No, no, no. Here's 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 my feeling about that. I, uh, for instance, in my solo concerts. My solo concerts get pretty out there. They're pretty, pretty modern, you know, in a modern yeah, classical yeah. sense. Pr- pretty dissonant, and so, so I know I'm taking them on a bit of a ride that they weren't expecting. So I, at the same time, I try to be, try to balance that. And and I think every solo concert I play, I play four or five of, of the of the songs that I feel uh, are sort of the the archetypal ones, the the most well known, and. Uh, so they would be very simply uh, Valley Road, Mandolin Rain, Way It Is, um, mm-hmm. Into the Innocence. And I also play I Can't Make You Love Me because I played on the record. I didn't write it. It's not my record, but I played on it. And it's such a right. such an, like, sort of iconic record for Bonnie. And so, uh, from fa- in fact, one of, the, uh, one of the pieces I'm sending you is me doing I Can't Make You Love Me at a solo concert and sometime earlier this year. Nice. Or actually, maybe last year. So, uh, so I feel sort of. I, I feel. A, a, I, I, I think you said obligation, but I, I, it's it's an obligation. But I guess in another sense, I feel proud that these songs, some of you know, just these a few of them have just stood the test of time and are yeah. still are still known. And, and so I, so I'm good. I'm I'm all, I'm I'm happy to do them. Good. Well, so when it comes to, I nearly said decided on a set. I know you don't decide on a set. Oh, no. but, but well, actually, we had a set list for the first two new Noisemakers gigs because I I thought, I just gave the set. The guys didn't want Sonny and, and the initials didn't want them. Right. <laughs> they deliberately they didn't want to know. Well, they, did, they, they were fine. They would say, well, it's sure. okay, but we don't need it. And they, sure. they certainly don't. Sure. Uh and these guys won't need it soon enough, but I just thought these guys have enough to remember without right. trying to figure out what the hell I'm playing, too. So, uh, but, I mean, do, do the band ever come to you and make a suge- suggestion? Do they say, hey, boss, how about passing through, for instance? Oh, sometimes, yes, yeah, sometimes they do, sure. Right. Sonny has his favorites. Sonny loves, oh, I don't know, he has a very disparate list of, of Sonny's favorites. He loves uh Everything from Stand on the Mountain to Red Plains to Dreamland. Okay. Uh, you know, he has a, everyone has their own favorites, so they'll they'll say to me, "Hey, how about this one?" But usually they don't. They usually are just fine with whatever. Good. So we we've got all of that to look forward to, pretty much till the middle of November, you say. So. Yeah, that's right, and it's a very different set list. I, th- I think people know who who really keep up that my the the list of songs that I draw from in. Uh, with the band, and this list of songs that I draw from in my solo concerts, for instance, they're they're almost mutually exclusive. I mean, there's so so many different things. I don't play, say, uh, Hooray for Tom, or What the Hell Happened, or Paper Boy, or Here We Are Again, on and on. We don't play them with the band. Hmm. You know, I don't I don't play Sad Moon 
with with the band. I don't play Night in the Town with the band. So there's so many. I could just name uh, name on and on. So I think that's fun. It makes it two very different uh, modes of expression. Yeah. And all and two different two very different lists. Right, you say four different four different tours basically, isn't it? Yeah, and four different tours with the Pat tour. It'll be it'll be more of a solo. It'll be more uh, drawing from the solo uh, list. Although, since it's called the Campfire Tour, Pat Pat and I want to play some acoustic music, and so there'll be there'll be dulcimer washboard and oh, acoustic yeah. guitar music on there, and so that will draw from that area of the Noisemaker Show. So there's uh, at some points there's the three of you on stage. It's you, Sonny, and Pat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I want to come over now. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm should be, be there. Should yeah. be grateful. Good. So, how do you spend your downtime on tour? You 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 you're out tour. Just, just recovering. So I just right. uh, you know, it's uh, I'm in my sixtieth year, <laughs> and right. it's not it, it's uh, I'm just trying to keep it together. Yeah. Um, I've had some overuse issues in my right hand. I won't be at full force uh, at this on that show, uh, sadly, sad to say. Right. Uh, That's a recent and, uh, thing? Or... Is, that, that, what, is what, that the wrist that you hurt on a bike? No, that's that's the that's the left wrist. That's all okay. Left le, left hand's my strong hand now, sad right. to say. Uh, no, I think it happened. Okay, I played with Ricky two weeks ago at the great Dell Fest, Del McCurry's Festival up there. Hmm. Western, out in Western Maryland, played two Saturday nights ago, and uh, for that show, you know, the, the the virtuosic demands are so great, the, the tempos are so fast, so I really have to practice to get to to get my chops up to that level because that's not I'm not always doing that, so I'm not always playing those tempos, and uh, so I was really grinding on it, working hard, and uh, a couple of days after the concert, man, my hand just blew up. Really? Yeah. So, uh, so that is a yeah, cautionary tale. I hope I'll be okay. I hope sure. I'll get through. But uh, uh, so I'm, I, I'm recovering vocally, uh, physically, and it's just a grind. You know, we uh, our tour is nutty this year. Right. It, it's all. It's all in a. It's, it's mostly in a fairly small area of the mid south. But the routing is completely insane because of the availabilities. We start in Atlanta, then we go up to Knoxville, then we go right back down to Athens, which is 90 miles away from away from Atlanta. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and on and on. You can look at the, the schedule and you go, oh, my God, this is nuts. Mm. <laughs> but it's just because the availabilities of the venues uh, don't often work out right. with uh, easy routing. So uh, so it's all, look, it's it. It's tough. I love to play. Really love to play with the band. The Noisemakers is that's probably the it's the most enjoyable thing I do. Mm. As you can see when you see us play, we're just having a great time playing. Yeah. Uh, and but uh, and and the other guys feel the same way. They're just you ask them what they're doing on off days. Just just recovery. Right. And then the, the, you've got the solo tour in the middle of that too. So. You, you said you have a solo record coming out. Is that yes. from performances you've already done, or are you, are you recording that in this? No, 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 no. I, I, I said I was finishing that earlier in the year. Oh, okay. uh, it's uh, it's uh, called from uh, concerts in the last couple of, over the last played in the last couple of years. I did I've done a lot of solo playing the last in say 2012, 13, and even 
uh, even 14, a lot, yeah, 2011, 2012, 2013. And there's actually one bit from the La Russa gig, the ARF benefit in January that I played with Weir. I did a solo set. And right. One of the things I did I thought was better than what I had, and sure enough, we compared it, and Daigle went, yep, you're right. Excellent. You're getting you're, you're getting better. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought the Red Hook Summer CD was it, because I knew there was a, a solo piano record coming. I thought, I thought the soundtrack was the solo piano, but that's great. Oh, yeah. Coming. No, no, this is a solo concerts record. Excellent. With, with four new songs on it, and uh, and of course different takes of of different ways of playing older songs, and and uh, yeah, it's everything from sticks and stones to uh, to new songs that no one knows. Nobody's heard them yet. Is that right? I've heard "Life in the Psychotropics." I like that one. The drugs. Yeah, song. Psych I keep psych Psychotropics is on this record. Okay, um, that's my anthem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's starting to be mine with all this, these issues right. I'm having. Uh, um, yes, uh, yeah. Uh, the, the 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 second Hunter song that I've written, Cyclone being the first, uh, yes. might as well be me is on there. It's kind of blues shuffle. I call it call it my dodecaphonic meeting twelve tone uh, dodecaphonic Dixieland tune. That's okay. on there, and. Uh, Oh, a couple of more that, that people don't know. A couple of more from uh, newer songs from the play. Oh, I look forward to it. What's the status of the, the play at the moment, Bruce? What's... Oh, we're just, just, there's no status. We're just uh, you know, sort of dead in the water or, or on life support. But we have a new new script that was just written. Our guy Joe Calarco just gave us a new script about three weeks ago, and so we, we will try that. Uh, What's the name of it? Did he go back? Oh, it's been back to Sick Bastard for a while. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, Sick Bastard's the title for, for better for worse, and right. uh, yeah, so that's that's that. Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, maybe people don't know this, but I'm, uh, I guess I'm putting a lot of lot of new information here. Billy Bob Thornton is is interested in making a movie, get, getting a movie musical made of Sick Bastard, with of course himself in the title role, and who better? Right. <laughs> He's trying to uh, to drum up interest but it's incredibly diff difficult this is an in this would be an independent film mm. and uh it's, it's just very hard to uh to get donors to be willing to uh to cough up that kind of money you're talking yeah. about tens of millions of dollars here so would so, that uh, be would that be instead of the play or alongside no no that no that just be another way of doing it but of course i think we're most excited about that <laughs> that mm. idea uh, Broadway is so difficult to crack. Yeah. Even when even when you're doing something that's fairly mainstream, it's a very mainstream venue. Broadway, very yeah. sort of M O R mostly, with a few fantastic exceptions, the Book of Mormon being one of them. But uh, but our 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 play is not that, and right. uh, it's not it's not it, it's not so straight ahead, so straight down the middle. So so look, we're trying, and but it's 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 just it's just sort of back burner project it keeps it, it, it's always sort of in the deep background yeah. threatening to possibly break through <laughs> but uh but not threatening <laughs> it's not much of a threat right now you've got a whole lot of uh, songs that come out of it that, that are getting an airing at the shows as well so um. oh yeah yeah especially my play a good number of in my solo concerts uh yeah. There, there are fully six or seven songs from Sick Bastard on the solo concerts record. Con oh, Continent's, yeah. Drift, Continent's Drift, Here We Are Again, Paperboy, 
uh, they look, they just work well for, uh, yeah. And I was opening a lot of shows last summer with neighborhood watch, uh, which was great yes. fun. I'd start with neighborhood watch. And then when the guys would look at me getting, starting to get a little bored cause they don't know it. They couldn't <laughs> play it. Okay. Okay. I'll stop. Okay. I get it. <laughs> Well, that's about 40, 45 minutes worth. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a ton of stuff. That's loads for uh, people. It's right? fucking loads of it. Right, okay, well, that's... <laughs> I was about to say, we haven't said a single thing that will offend anybody, and there you go. <laughs> yeah, I think, it's, I think it seems pretty solid. Uh, was there any strange, crazy, incendiary, uh, controversial question that you had to ask, that someone, someone asked? Um, no, no. Um, no? Okay. No, not at all. I, they, 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 I was quite disappointed in them. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's as You know, another, as... another thing that, at least around here, is getting great play that's a, a record from this year. I don't know if yeah. you've heard it, but is the uh, is my cut on the Jackson Brown tribute record. Have you heard it? I'm alive. I have, yes. That's um, yeah. a shame to say that's the only track. I've got it off iTunes. That's the only track I've got off of that so far. I'm waiting for, uh, I will get the rest of them. I'm waiting for the money to come in. But yes, I have heard that. Yeah, uh, well... It's a, they, they play it a lot on the radio stations around here, and it's, it just gets great response. Uh, yet another dulcimer song, and that was with uh, Cody and Andy from Cody Kilby and Andy Lethwich from Ricky's band, and and the great Ruth Moody from the great Waylon Jennings band. You ever heard of the Waylon Jennings side? Uh, yes, I have. Oh, they're I so tell good. You they what opened, they've done, but I know the name. They opened for us on a on a private gig out in Vancouver about three or four years ago, and right. oh, I just loved them and. So I got her to sing with me, and I uh, just love doing that. So anyway, that's something else that's happening. But otherwise, I guess that's about it, and I better call Russell Horn to be back, see what he's got going. Yes, you go and do that. Thank you so much for your time, Bruce. Okay, hope to see you soon, man. Thanks again, Bruce. I'll see you in November. Okay, great. Thanks. Okay, then. Thank you. Bye.